You know that feeling when you feel utterly revived and full of energy after a great conversation? <laughs> That's how I feel right now. I've just spoken to Danny Gray, founder of Warpaint and the brilliant revolutionary Jack. He was a total breath of fresh air. Few F-bombs, but a breath of fresh air, being so open about his own struggles with mental health, but ultimately how, you know, that journey has gone on to help him build two businesses that I really feel is making an impact in men's mental health. And it just goes to show you that our vulnerabilities, the things that we want to hide away from, are normally our biggest strengths. And Danny's enthusiasm, his energy, his determination, it just shines through. It's contagious. It moved me to tears because I just want this man to succeed. Because with him at the helm, I honestly do think anything is possible. Enjoy. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown I'm Holly Tucker and welcome to Conversations of Inspiration. Back in 2006, I founded Not On The High Street for my kitchen table and since then I've gone on to launch Holly & Co. I'm the UK ambassador of Creative Small Businesses and I believe that having a business doing what you love is the key to a happy, fulfilled life. My dream is to help everybody start theirs. I'm here to offer advice, inspiration, wisdom and encouragement. And in my view, the best way to do this is by sharing stories. So I've reached out to my favourite small businesses, entrepreneurs and those who simply inspire me and ask them to share theirs. Here are my conversations of inspiration. Hi, Danny. It is a pleasure to meet you and welcome to being on Conversations of Inspiration. Thank you very much, Lee, and I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, absolutely. Now, listen, we're both wearing black. Black is the colour of your first brand, War Paint. I was just talking to you about that we are big War Paint fans in our household because Harry was, I think, about 14 when I discovered a makeup brand for men. I screamed from the rooftops to everybody I knew. What a genius idea this was. I then purchased the products. They were brilliant. And Harry, to this day, um, he's been lucky. He, he doesn't have necessarily bad skin. But to this day, he has your makeup. It feels his, not mine, because before I used to use my concealers on him. And he really, you're going to talk about this. This is almost the point. So we are big war paint fans in the Holly Tucker household. Can you tell us a little bit more about the inspiration behind this brand? Yeah, so look, it's amazing to hear that your son's using it. And, you know, I've had loads of people reach out to me with similar stories, right? And that's the whole reason I create the brand was I think I've been using makeup for 20 years, and especially when I was going through those teenage years, right? 14, 16, 17, 18. I'll be honest with you, I used to go to Tesco's and even nick it, which is, um, mm -hmm. you know, or I'd be right. pretending I'm buying it for someone else because I didn't feel comfortable trying to skin match it. I don't want to sound bad, but I thought women overcomplicate makeup as well, right? Because from the outset, mm -hmm. as a guy, you would think, God, it takes hours, takes me forever. <laughs> and women make it, you've got contour, blend, you've got to do this. And I only wanted to use a little bit of product to even out my skin. And I felt the whole sort of, the way it was portrayed was very difficult. And I found out it wasn't through my own trial or error. And then for literally for the 20 years I've been wearing makeup, I thought, God, there needs to be a brand. Brands would pop up, if I'm honest. I wasn't the first ever men's makeup brand, but I was like, God, it's a rebadged women's product with everything. And the tutorials mm. from a men's brand was a female artist putting it on a male, taking 20 minutes. And I was like, mm. that's not what I would want. Oh, cool, there's, a, there's definitely a fit for that. And I'm not saying you just have to use men's makeup, but it wasn't very easy for me. So yeah, then the sort of the, I've been thinking, I was thinking about it for so long and do you know what? I was on the golf course. I've always been quite entrepreneurial. I started a bouncy castle company when I was 16, couldn't drive, <laughs> you know, I had a car valet in business, stuff like that. And then I was on the golf course with my best mate, uh, Obi, and I can remember exactly where I was on the golf course. I was on the second old par five, second shot. And he said, Dan, you've got to stop talking about a men's makeup brand and just do it. I mean, it was literally like something flicked to my switch. So should, the concept was to create a, brand that spoke to men and helped them understand 
that is not that complicated give it a go and it might just help you and maybe try something you might not feel comfortable to do because it might benefit you so that was mm. sort of the concept of it the light bulb moment we call it well i'd had the but moment forever up... but I, like oh it, yeah it, it, was, it was literally him going <laughs> just stop talking about it and do it he actually stuck your fingers in an electric socket absolutely actually. i couldn't wait to get That's off what happened. i couldn't wait I, seriously when he said it to me you know when someone does a switch i couldn't wait it was only second hour. I couldn't wait to get off the course because I'd made up my mind that like, I was doing it. Yeah. I still beat him though. I still beat him. Uh, and then I literally sat in the car park for three hours, didn't leave my car. And I was just calling because I had no idea about anything about an e-com brand, beauty brand. So the first person I called was my cousin who was a web designer. Yeah. I didn't have no websites. So, yeah. and it just sort of started from there. And it always just starts with that picking up the phone. But you grew up in Buckinghamshire with your mum and your sister. And am I right in saying that you felt your childhood was overshadowed by these insecurities that stem from bullying? Talk to me about that, because this is, you know, we talk about founders' wounds and um, actually so much of either people starting a business, it doesn't work, but something beautiful growing from it, or from people starting companies because of something, and it's normally not good, that they've been through, and thus then an entrepreneurial business will be born. Talk to me about your childhood. Yeah, so look, I was I always sort of say this, like jack the lad a little bit, right? So in my middle school, seemed confident. I was captain of the school football team, always had girlfriends, didn't have a care in the world. Uh, 12 years old, last year of my middle school, I was literally on the playground. And I can remember there was three boys over in the corner under the net post. I can still, I can stand there now, right? And all of a sudden, they just turned around and started taking the mick out of my ears because my ears were right angles to my head at the time. And before that moment, I hadn't even contemplated about my ears. I thought about them. Mm. And they were doing stuff like singing the R. Kelly song, I Believe I Can Fly and Flapping Their Ears, which Holly means, it means now I can't listen to R. Kelly, which is an absolute fucking bonus. <laughs> Um, but at the time, right, that was the song, I believe. I yeah, but at the time it was yeah, yeah, and I, not. I went home and I looked in the mirror. I was like, oh my God, they do sick out. That was it for me. And then I was 12 and within three months, my mum took me to the NHS. And back then they would do cosmetic procedures. Mm -hmm. And because I saw the turmoil I was in, I had my ears pinned back. Um, but they weren't pinned back. I'll be honest, I was the first one to have a new procedure. They used to literally pin them to the back of your head. This new one, they'd taken back slightly. And I can remember they weren't back far enough for me for what I thought. And then, so it didn't fix the issue, even though cosmetic surgery very rarely does. Mm -hmm. So anyway, progressing 13, then I went to secondary school. It was fine. No one, no one really took the mick out of my ears or anything because I was a captain again of the team, football team and all of that. Yep. I got to about 15, 16 and it progressively got worse and worse in my appearance. And then I literally got a spot. Uh, I'll get spots, not necessarily acne, but that was a massive thing for me. I turned to my sister. I remember I was in my bedroom. She gave me a little bit of concealer and I was literally like, holy shit. Mm. I couldn't believe what a product did. And I always talk about tools within mental health. And like one of those tools for me has been makeup for a long time to use it. And uh, it's just something that I knew I wouldn't have to worry about if I did get a breakout or something like that. I could use a bit of a product that helped me manage my mental health. But what I'm going to say, it definitely didn't fix it because it, my mental health thing got worse and worse and worse. And eventually when I got back to 29, it was just too much. And I had a bit of a breakdown with it. I don't want to call it, it's not a breakdown, but I was going out a lot, getting on drinking drugs. And I thought I was losing my hair, right? And as I, well, obviously it's not a video, but you can see me. I've got, I'm very mm. fortunate. I've got a lot of hair. And I remember I was in the car coming back from work, literally thought I was losing a bit of hair. Uh, in my corner, in my temple, which I wasn't. And that was it for two years. Ruled my life. Every minute of every day I got to. Like, and I'm talking every minute. And are you saying that this was something, because I read you said it It sort of, your mental health got worse, but it was sort of like at 17, 18, and then continued as you're now talking about being a young adult, that it would you call it as far as body dysmorphia? Absolutely. Talk to me about what that actually means. You said you're obsessively looking at the hair loss did it rule your life? Like, I can't even tell you. So body dysmorphic disorder, BD, I didn't have a clue that I had it, especially I had it from, I, I had it from 12, basically. So because then I started right. looking at myself and it would, basically what BDD is, is a spectrum of it. A lot of people have BDD and don't even realise it, where you can sort of obsess about your life or take a lot of time over your appearance to where 
the other end of the spectrum is if it, it, it could stop your life, stop you going out. Some people don't leave the house. Like I was just before that. Right. We're getting ready to go out with my mates at 18, 19, doing my hair. I'm not, but I could take two hours, right. three hours, multiple showers, missed nights. And then I'm normally life inside with the party, right? But if I'd had a bad time getting ready, I would just have anxiety like you wouldn't believe. And if I did force myself to go out, I just wouldn't be the same person. So I didn't even know I had BDD, but it just got worse and worse and worse. And then the hair was almost a catalyst for it where I, like, I could be talking to anyone. All I was doing was looking at their hair, thinking, how old are you? How much hair have you lost? TV programs, what are they doing? Going to work, researching about hair loss. And I was very fortunate. I wasn't really losing my hair. Mm -hmm. And that just shows you what BDD can do when you're obsessed about one little minute mm -hmm. thing on your body that no one else really would notice. So it did rule. But in at the same time, I was using makeup and that was a tool that was because some people in BD call it masking with makeup and that could become a problem right. as well where you overuse. So I've always been a thing with war paint about you shouldn't depend on these products. You should always, you need to get your mind right as well. But the good example for me, or what I always say, right, put a hundred people in a room, especially guys, put a spot on the end of their nose. Mm. I'm telling you now, 99 of them out of a hundred are going to be conscious about that spot. Right. Yes. They will. Right. If they're going out or wherever and all I've said is, look, it's that. You dip your finger in a bit of product, you put it on. Wow, right, okay, you don't have to worry about it. Mm. So that was always my mindset. Maybe, And it's so interesting, Danny, when you say that, because I think certainly from a young age, you associate these fears and these worries with women. And you have this sort of side where, you know, from a young age, a girl would never dream of going to a party with no makeup on. You know, there's another spectrum, isn't there here, which is that, you know, we're, we're conditioned that we we have to look a certain way. We have to think. So actually, potentially, we go across life and we think men just weren't born with these fears. They can have a spot on their nose and they couldn't care less because the other guy doesn't care less. And they all just think that we're all a bit paranoid about what people think. And it's interesting that you say, no, that they definitely do. And I think that, you know, certainly we, we've built our confidence up. Of course, girls build their confidence up with makeup lessons and makeup from, you know, word go. I remember being a 12-year-old girl and my blazer, the inside pockets to this day, me and my best friend still talk about copper gloss, which was a Rimmel lipstick and hadn't gone necessarily through all of puberty. But we looked like we have because both of our inside pockets were full of makeup. And when we pulled our blazers, you know, we definitely, yes, looked older than we were, but it was just makeup, tons of makeup because we were feeling insecure. And I now think about boys and I think, my goodness, if you were feeling the same, but you didn't have the tools. And it was interesting reading what you said, because there's a thing about inner confidence, but we dismiss almost physical tools which can help us, whether that's makeup, clothing or accessories, that these things can be the things that help us find our place in the world. Talk to me about that. I mean, I know that I wear a hairband normally, not right now, but for the last four, four or five years. And I've often wondered, why do I wear that? Mm. But it really is my tool to say, okay, I feel confident now. Like I can go into the world, I can do what I need to do. Let me f flip something back, right? So 16th century, 17th century, men were wearing makeup. Mm. Yeah, they were white faces, it was part of culture. Got to the 1920s, 30s, you know, the war happened, men went to war, women women didn't. Women stayed at home after that, men went to work, women made themselves look pretty, men went down the pub, didn't look after themselves. Mm -hmm. so it was ingrained at a very, mm. back then, about men stayed at home, or sorry, men go out to the pub, they go to work, yep. they do what they want, they look how they want, women have to stay home, they have to cook the fucking dinner, mm. and they have to look pretty, mm. right? So what happens with all the makeup that then, everything then is focused onto women, onto women. Mm -hmm. So well, well, how I see in society, right, I don't, I'm riffing here a bit, but in terms of when you look at back then, What's flipping now in a really good way is about women, right? Women are, it's not there yet, but you know, in the workplace, mm. everything is getting a bit more balanced, right? But what women used to do with what they do, they'll speak to their female friends about how they feel all the time in the 20s, 30s at home. And, you know, but men went down the pub and didn't do that. So women have caught up in one aspect, but men haven't in the other, you know, mm. about talking mm -hmm. and all of mm. this. And I think we're far, we're, we're far away. But when you talk about clothes and stuff like that, all of that is is people use those as tools. Like a lot of people, like when you go out on a night out, right? <laughs> Most people have chosen a shirt to wear that they like. It might not be the most trendy shirt. Like a, let's make up, right? 55 yeah. year old goes out with yeah. young lads. 
He generally will put on a shirt that he thinks is smart and feels comfortable, right? Everyone goes fucking shopping, fashion. It's all about how it makes you feel. Mm. All the time. So you're telling me now that, you know, and it's the same for me about, I'm not just saying you have to wear loads of makeup. It's just young kids, right? Young boys. The amount of message I've had from parents, from mums. I had one when I launched Warpaint, which changed everything for me. Two months in, a woman messaged us on Facebook. And she said, I cannot tell you the impact you've had. She goes, my son's 16. He's got rosacea, mm -hmm. quite bad. And I've tried to get him to wear makeup and he never would. He'd never have his photo taken, doesn't want to leave the house. She said, I introduced him to your brand. He thinks it's so cool. He now puts your products on and she sent me a photo. She said, I'm crying sending you this photo. I know because he gets very upset. Yeah. But like that, right, it's yeah. just giving a boy a choice. And that's what I'm not mm -hmm. saying you have to if you've got acne, rosacea. It's just a choice. And I yeah. feel a lot of, especially young men, feel there isn't that choice. And, yeah. you know, we've been through a roller coaster with war paint. Like, started really well. I mean, a nine-year-old girl on a flat. 14 months worth of development, which was a pain. Yeah. Tested the market with some shit product from China. I bought and put a really shit badge on it, which I always suggest, right? Yeah. Don't always say, don't build the fucking ark, build the lifeboat to start yep. so yep. I, I literally built, uh, built a website really basic bought some product from China 100 units cost me 18 grand in total to do all of this put a, a logo on it created a brand put some ads out on social we made 7 orders in 24 hours I went right stop let's do this properly Yeah. so then I went away and what I wanted to do was I was very particular on like formulating my own products well, well, can I just ask stop the 7 orders in 24 hours was that the test was that what you wanted to do? You wanted to see mm -hmm. that was your mark that someone wanted this product. Yeah. Because you weren't confident necessarily that anyone was going to buy it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, yeah. right, and I've learned this, I've learned it with Jack as well, which I think we'll talk about later. Is I think people, you try and build the perfect product. Yeah, yeah, of course. Before you test it, right? And it can cost you a lot of time, a lot of money. Look, the 18 grand was my life savings. It was my everything. Mm. I thought, let's build this, do something basic, see what the interest is. And seven orders, like, right stop it because if we could do this properly yeah so then i went away and i had to find manufacturing and i wanted to be able to so that was an unbelievable journey right so you can imagine me calling up these manufacturers and because i wanted to be uk made yeah i wanted to formulate my own product and i was very particular about packaging because what, what you get now and, and i'll tell you what's going to change this as well ai chat gpt right it's going to change everything not in terms of what people probably think on this what i'm talking about it's going to find out a lot of fucking brands mm. because what's been happening for me for the last five years ten years are people in their bedrooms being able to drop ship and create brands that people from the outside don't realize are not actual brands that are driven yeah and have a purpose and what i mean by that it was difficult to do that five ten years ago you have to build a website you have to build a product yeah drop ship and make it easier and people would go on, look at this sexy brand up front, buy the product, and it's someone who hasn't got a mission about making yeah. money. With ChatGDP turning up, I told my team about this, it's going to change everything because I could build a website and drop ship, and it would look unbelievable in 48 hours. Yeah. What happened, if you look at influencer marketing, so I'm jumping about, I always okay. do this. I'm going to bring you back in a minute, but go on, tell me about influencer marketing. When I started Warpaint, before that, five years prior, influencer marketing was new. Mm -hmm. So what people could do back then with a the brand, buy some product in from China, Alibaba, yep. put a badge across it, give it to some influencers when there wasn't really influencer yep. marketing and then celebrities, they would then get a good following and build a brand. Fine. What then happened, that got diluted. Everyone in terms of influence marketing started saying they just will do any brand or any product, right? So that all of a sudden got diluted. And it's the, then that, the, this is for me what ChatGDP will do. People now... I think we'll start looking so much more into what a brand really is, the About Us page, the story, the content, the delivery, rather than a sexy fucking front end that was really impressive yeah, five years I ago. I couldn't agree more. Every week I hand over this part of the podcast to our brilliant partners at Dell Technologies. If you're looking to scale, to gain investment, or simply connect with brilliant female leaders across the globe, then Dwen, the Dell Women's Entrepreneur Network, is certainly the place to visit. Free to join, and with a wealth of events, to date, Dwen has positively impacted 80,000 women in business across the world and is committed to accelerating the increasingly powerful role that women play in driving global economic growth. 
Through Dwen, Dell Technologies empowers women founders and aspiring entrepreneurs to grow their businesses and their vision through the power of technology, expansion of their personal networks and access to capital. A key example is Dell's Dwen UK Dream Tech Contest, where each year Dell give away an amazing total prize fund of £40,000 to three incredible female founders, enabling them to take their businesses to the next step. And if you're thinking, Holly, is this only for tech businesses? I would say no, it's for all of you. It's for any female founders looking to expand their network, connect with experts and champions, tools and experiences created to support members as they navigate their journeys together. To find out more about Dwen and how to sign up, head to dwen.com. Now, let's get back to our conversation of inspiration. The brand, we talk a lot about this on this podcast, its plight, its place in the world, what it's doing, et cetera, et cetera. And then almost in a way, okay, now I trust your product to buy, which it really wasn't the case. But we go back to the beginning. We talk about you tested that market, seven orders came in. Mm -hmm. You were like, right, stop. We're going to do this properly. And I also know you took investment and I saw you rather brilliant episode of you on Dragon's Den with all the dragons wanting to invest in you, which is always the good episode. But you also remortgaged your home. You sold your car. You essentially, as you said, you risked it all. And there were some difficult times during that whole period. Yeah. So you've started and then this is the moment, right? It's it's kicking off. It's all great. But actually, it costs a lot of money, doesn't it, to run a company. You want to get that awareness out there. Then there was an advert for wall paint that went viral mm -hmm. and you received some backlash. Just a bit. Because of the stigma around men wearing makeup. Tell me, was that a scary time for you? So that actually happened before Dragon's Day. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I talk about fate quite a lot, but I think you create your own fate. Like stuff might happen for reasons. So look, for two months in, three months in after we formulate our own product, we go live. First month we do, I forecast two grand in sales, we did 11. Second month, it's just me and a 19-year-old going a flat. Second month, I said five grand, we did 28. <sighs> Third month, we did 34, right? And I'm like, I'm thinking that's normal. I'm picking a packing, by the way, which is a fucking disaster. <laughs> so at the beginning, it's really exciting the first like week. And then after that, and I'm literally driving around trying to find a post office because I missed the last post office. So all of that's happening. And then we decided, but we we did get some backlash through our ads, right? But I expected it a little bit. And it, we, we were using good models who were not being used at the time for men's makeup. So it was guys with tattoos up to their neck, like yeah. someone you wouldn't particularly think. Put that ad out on Twitter and we went viral. So we trended number one in the world on Twitter for 24 hours. We had 8 million views in 24 hours. I can't tell you. It was every time I looked at it, quarter of a million views. Then it went half a million. Then it went 1.2. Then it went 1.7. Then it went 2.5. And it trended. And it was just lambasting the brand. So this was a big learning curve for me. So it's all about the brand. I thought it was dead. Thought, uh, we had C I was on CNN, a main news in America, like but wall paint, but um, internet backlashes against men's makeup brands. We were on every time I put the phone down, it's calling. Uh, Daily Mail, I think we were in like 170 press articles, TV all over the world. Obviously, it was crushing for me because I thought that's it. Why on earth would it turn negative? Because that was the perception of men and wearing makeup, right? And what had happened before, what I've realized now, nothing had been talked about about men's makeup on an international scale, yeah, right. So uh, what was coming through was everyone's perceptions just by women's makeup. I'm, and I'm sitting there, I'm bawling, right? Mm. Can you imagine? Like I'm, It's all mm. over. I'm thinking, but this is what I'm batting against. It's not as easy just to buy women's makeup and walk in. And it's not, you know, but what I noticed, everyone was lambasting the brand, but no one was talking about my story, right? So by fate, that was a Tuesday. On the Wednesday night, I'm driving to film Dragon's Den in Manchester. I'm pulling over in the evening. This is nowhere of lie. I'm pulling over to do interviews in America on the way. So when I went on Dragon's Den, I thought I have to tell my story because that is what this is about. It's not about product. It's not about men's makeup. It's about my story. Mm. That was a very conscious decision. I probably wouldn't have started the yeah, way I did yeah. if that hadn't happened. And then, you know, going on Dragon's Den, I thought if this goes wrong, I, I'm, it's all over. But luckily it came across. And then we, after that, it flipped because then we trended again after Dragon's Den. 
and it was all very positive. Um, and that made me realize when we talk about brand and story and mission and power and what you're about, I was like, well, that's the brand. It's not the fucking product. Yeah. It's about what, because that's true. I'm not making it up. And in a way, you know, we do things in hindsight, don't we? Potentially what hadn't happened is your story hadn't gone out first. Mm -hmm. The purpose and the soul of your company hadn't gone out first. What had gone out first was a more alpha looking guy with wearing makeup and you were breaking things all over the place. Yeah. You were breaking something you didn't quite realize how much you were going to break. And it isn't that interesting that actually the way it's full, you know, the full circle of it is just the truth. It's where it came from, from you, you know, that your own personal experience. And now Wallpaint is an award-winning brand. It's doing phenomenally well, stocked in some of our best stores, such loyal and committed customers. You've got, you know, it's it's something that's, do you feel now when we talk about it, and we're going to talk about your uh, next business, but mm -hmm. let's take you as a boy. And how old are you now? Uh, 37. Do you think you've made the inroads on that plight that you wanted to, or do you think there's a long way to go? Mm. It's tough that because uh, it's hard because do you know what it is as well? Like I've, I never feel it's enough, which is sometimes not a good headset no. space to be in because you sometimes you need to look back and go, actually fucking hell. I call it smelling the roses. We're not very good as founders doing that because no. we're already in the, the future and we're like, Oh, hang on a minute. What do you mean? Yeah. Don't worry about that. I've got to, I'm already late to something I'm wanting to build. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and like, do you know what it is? It's like even coming on here, right? And you said you've heard about the brand. Your son uses it, and it's amazing. That's what I'm now starting to realise because I, I could go to many places and people know the brand. And it's just, and that's not because of the amount of product we sell because we're not a billion pound business. We're not doing mm. ten million turnover. That's because of the mission and, and the content we put out and how we're trying to change that perception. And that's what makes me proud. Look, it's still a long way to go. And look, we just launched in Superdrug uh, last couple of months ago into 350 stores. So that was a, that was a big one. We just launched in JCPenney into 300 stores, just launched in Switzerland, 54 stores, uh, Maya, of course, 10 stores in Australia. So it's still a long way to go. We just launched skincare, which is going really, really well. But I'll be honest, if it stopped now, 100%, I've now realised that I would be very proud of, of what we've done as a brand because <laughs> I think there's only, there's a lot of brands out there doing a lot of things, but it's very, uh, what I've realised, it's very rare that a brand comes in and changes or does mm. something in a, or doesn't, I don't want to say create a market because mm. I did not fucking create mm. it. And sometimes people say that really pisses me off. Mm. It's just maybe open the door to it a bit mm. more, right? And that's what I'm really proud of. Well, I mean, you know, for those listening who have got sons who aren't on the war paint scene yet, I'm sure they will be, but you know, for me to be able to talk to my son about his insecurities by something that he actually adopted, you know, he didn't reject it. And for my, even then my husband, <laughs> who obviously turned his nose up at it because he's older and of course men don't wear makeup, but for then him to almost be okay with Harry and everything like that, not that he would use it, but this then has changed our household. It's changed the way we talk about things. And that is down to the brand. And also your unbelievably great name of a company and the packaging. That I'm a, I'm a sucker for the, the name, the packet. It just had me. But yeah, I think that that's, it goes to show everybody when we think about our brands and when we talk about the depths of our brands and the roots, you know, I look at it like a tree with really deep roots. You know, the deep roots need to be far beyond the product. It needs to be in culture. It needs to be in what we want to change as a founder. Where, you know, if we die tomorrow, what will be, we be proud of? And it's not going to be yeah. selling units. It's going to be making a difference. Absolutely. Oh, look, the ingredient is an interesting one for me, right? Because people are building a brand off an ingredient. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. Because in six months' time, it's a new fucking ingredient, right? And I think a lot of people base themselves off of that where it's about your drive and your and your mission of what you're trying to do in a space. And personal stories, right? I, if I go on a brand now, I, I try and help like startups or, or founders go on their website and it's only about us. It's just text. I'm like, you need to, your content, right? Without... So that my third employee at Warpaint, which we couldn't afford, by the way, and I shouldn't have hired, was a full-time videographer. Didn't do marketing, just to film everything that happens and put it out. That changed everything for us because 
it showed everyone in the world the personality behind the brand, what we're trying to mm -hmm. do. And people wouldn't believe what had happened unless you caught it on camera as well and be able to portray about this is this is what we're about. Interestingly as well, you know, you said about your husband, 32% of our customer base online is over 50 years old. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool though, isn't it? But do you, know, do you know what it is? And I always use this as an analogy. Like just because you get 50 years old doesn't mean you don't care. Oh, do you know hello. what I mean? And to be yeah. fair... I think it's the <laughs> new dawning of everybody, but I didn't, I wouldn't 100%. have said it was men though. I think men at that age now are even, compared to like, my dad's slightly older, right? When he used to go down the pub at 40, 50 and he didn't really care. Now there is that perception of like getting fit, mm -hmm. drinking less, yes. right? How you feel, how you look. And it's a, like that just shows me, just yes. shows right about how it's just a mindset rather than people over 50, I oh, know, no, fuck yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. because that's what they think yeah. they should say. Not a demographic, not an age, it's a mindset. No, absolutely. But your mission behind wall paint is so intrinsically linked to Jack J-A-A-Q, standing for Just Ask a Question, a business that you founded in 2021. And your vision is to change the world of mental health one question at a time. And in a sense, it's a free advice site in the digital age. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about the idea behind it. Is this, again, back to the younger, the younger you, Danny? Look, I think there's a massive issue in society at the moment where... The average length of mental health when someone first feels something to them when they reach out is 10 years. So depressing. That's the average length. And what happens, it progressively gets worse and worse and worse. And then a lot of people reach out in crisis. There's a lot of support networks around crisis, call lines, helplines, tech services, all of this stuff, which is great. But And the only thing that society is saying at the minute or documentaries you watch are really annoying me now is this big documentary about someone suffering mental health or someone they know, right? And it's normally a celebrity doing it. And at the end, it's like, we need to talk. Fuck me, if I hear that message one more time, I'm going to explode because we've been saying that for 15 years. That is not the solution because we do need to talk, but that isn't going to fix mm -hmm. how people are, right? And that for, for me, these people, first on their journey, don't know what it is, don't know what they're suffering from or even need help on a, top, a topic. Where do you go at the minute? You go on Google, you Google what is depression, you get 3.2 billion hits and you get... The first click on, on it, check it out, whoever's listening, is NHS. Amazing organisation. Click on it. It's five streams of pages of text. Mm. Right? So what happens? You read that text. You don't take it right. It's got no empathy with it. It's got no, not the right information. So what I wanted to do is create a platform to give people the right information from the right people in an empathetic way that's never been done before. And it's completely free. Because people are start. if you understand something earlier on, I guarantee that it changes everything. Right? Not saying it will cure. But if I understood and could speak to people who'd been a similar journey to me earlier on, I promise it would have changed everything. It's not just about people going through something. I was a fucking nightmare to live with with my mum. Yeah. I used to come down ripping T-shirts off, punching holes in walls. And what my mum used to say to me is, Dan, but you look amazing. You always do. And in my head, I'm going, fuck off, mum. Yeah. Like, you have no idea. So eventually my mum says nothing. So she sat downstairs, anxiety up to her neck. Where does she go? Mm. Where does she go to support that person? Where does she find information? And that's what we want to do, create with Jack. Just quickly, the reason I did do it as well, is, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lambast brands, right? But Warpaint was all driven through my personal story. And all I did was talk about it. And there's a lot of people talk about stuff. And once you or okay to talk about it, it's, you feel comfortable, it's, it's fine, you can. The amount of fanfare I would receive saying, it's unbelievable what Warpaint are doing and what you're doing in the mental health space. I swear, Holly, I felt fraud. Because all I'm doing is talking about it. And I, I'm not just saying that I, I used mm. to be cringing when I see those messages. They're beautiful, but I'm, I'm not really. I'm just talking about it. It's like they're taking stuff and it's helping them. But as a brand, I was like, I need to do more than that. Right. Like, because, I, yeah. you know, a lot of, but okay, generally what happens at the minute, organisations get to a billion pound valuation, half a million, 300 million, whatever it is. Oh, let's start a foundation. Yeah. And it's a decision in a fucking board meeting. Mm. And I'm telling you now, it's fine. It's fine to do that. But sweat capital for me is more important right about actually doing something so my idea then at warpaint was to start this not-for-profit organization so i had the concept the technology idea everything behind it and i was like because i want i want to help people because i talk about tools all the time with warpaint but i say you need to get your mind right well but i'm saying get your fucking mind right but i'm not providing you anything yeah and we're not as a brand right so that's why that's how the idea and it was like literally 1 30 in the morning it was just like my missus was i like, go downstairs because i couldn't sleep and i came up with the idea and then it's funny because we looked the other day, I think it was one thirty-eight on the, it was a Saturday night in the morning and I came up with the name Jack, J-A-Q. 
just ask a question. And you know what you do then? I've got my GoDaddy account. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, I know. The URL. Ava- <laughs> .co.uk is available. So what do you do? Shit yourself. <laughs> I need to find my wallet as if someone's going to buy it. I bought it. No word of lie. I went back to the sofa. I was like, right, okay. Got it. Got it. Right. Brilliant. Go to sleep. And then I don't want to say it was like the Matrix, like I'm fucking Neo, but <laughs> it literally then I could see everything, the website, what it should be. So instead of um, going to sleep, I just got my computer up, got a Shopify site up and built something really basic called a guy who worked for me called Ash. And I was like, Ash, I'm dyslexic, by the way. So I said to Ash, and at 30 in the morning, I don't know if J-A-A-Q really is Jack. Yeah. So I say to him, Ash, he's dyslexic as well. I said, if I say J-A-A-Q, what does it mean? And he goes like that. Jack? I went, fucking hell. I went, get on your computer. It's like seven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. I said, imagine this. And then it started from there. But I promise, you know, people talk about billion pound businesses and making loads of yeah. profit. Uh, this would probably, my investors won't like this, but I'm not in it for mm. the money. I haven't got any money, by the way. I am today, I'm more skint today than I've ever been in my life. I swear. And I'm so. But you know, you do know, by the way, Danny, no, I think, you know, I've done over 180, maybe nearly 200 of these interviews. And the best entrepreneurs, oh, actually, the only entrepreneurs I interview, because I don't interview certain types of entrepreneurs, is, you know, no one does it for the money. Now, the money comes, potentially, Mm. but the amount of time that you will risk it all. You know, I sit here talking to you, building my second business, and I've risked the house again. Mm. Now, this is now at a time where potentially I needed to not do that again. And I needed to sort of, you know, (laughs) be safe. But the thing is, is that once you know what you're born to do, and you know that you can help people, then it's almost the option is taken out of your hands. And so for so many people, this thing that you're doing right now, and by the way, it will all come round. It will all turn out good for you mm. because you're not doing it for the money. And the second you do do things for the money, and I speak from personal experience, it damages that brand. You know, good things happen to good people. And I, I believe that in business as well. So I love how you're putting Jack. And I think we need to describe what Jack is, by the way. I love, I love that the two of you were just like, if I say J-A-A-Q, what, what do you <laughs> think honestly... dyslexic person too? And you're like, Jack, you're like, we got it. We got it. Tell me. I because like, jackpot. Jackpot. I went on to Jack before this interview. I went on last night. And I have to say... It just had me at hello and I hadn't even clicked anything. Tell, because this is a podcast, so tell people what they're seeing because this, I've never seen it before. Yes, go check it out. It's jack.org, completely free site. You don't need to even sign up to get on there. So when you go onto it, you're going to be hit by a, an explore page and it's the Netflix, Google of mental health. So let's just talk about it really quickly. The problem is as well for me with mental health in a minute, it's not fucking cool. No. And it's not going to be. As you said, the NHS pages, but that's what they're doing there. But you've got reams of words and it's as, yeah. as if you want to sit and, and yeah, it's yeah, not engaging. You're used to entertainment. Social media, yeah. right? Yeah. Facebook, Facebook was posting a forum. Instagram was pictures. What's now? Yeah. TikTok. Yeah. Right. So that's what we try to create within Jack. So you come onto this explore page and we've literally got world leading experts when i say world leading we've been very fortunate paul gilbert obe leading expert in depression janet treasure she's been classed as the world leader on eating disorders uh, david veal a professor leading in body dysmorphia we've got big names on there we've got alice campbell david harewood we've got people with lived experience people who are doing stuff on social around resilience we've got gut health just imagine all of this but these people are sat in front of you almost like they're waiting like hogwarts all you need to do is click on them and you can ask them between 100 and 150 questions about their particular topic. So these are leading experts, doctors. So you can ask Paul Gilbert, he's speaking for six and a half hours, but you decide what question you want to ask him. What is depression? How long does it last? How can I support someone with it? Then you can go to someone with lived experience, like Alistair Campbell with depression. What's it like to have depression? Right. Uh, Have you ever had medication? Have you had therapy? What's the worst thing to say to you? And for me, this is what we can do about giving people the right information from the right sources. But we, it, I'd please go and check it out because it, mm. for me, conditions is what everyone thinks mental health is. These conditions, body dysmorphia, that's like physical health when you break your arm. Mental health is every minute of every day. And I think it's becoming more now, right? Gut health, physical health. Dyslexia for me wasn't the problem. It was the mental impact when I was at school. Mm. I was left-handed and I was dyslexic. And all they fucking taught me for seven private lessons was hold, hold a fucking pencil, right? And my spelling. 
instead of going, you're probably not going to be amazing at spilling, mm. but don't worry, you'll be fine. You'll get through it. But I was really good at maths. I was really good at sport. I was quite creative. And that's what we're trying to get on Jack. And like, imagine physical health. We've got a whole section on fertility. So fertility, for me, the problem isn't about not conceiving the physical aspect, right? I'm telling you now the mental impact of not being able to conceive mm. and the feedback we've had, right? We've got top fertility experts on there and we're just about to film with a husband and wife who have been through rounds and rounds of IVF, got one child, going to have another one soon. And it was a big struggle. And you can go on them and ask them all questions about what was it like? Did you ever want to give up? Mm. You know, and then leave and ask a lean fertility doctor all about fertility, mm. IVF. What is it? How does it work? How much does it cost? How long does it take? What about if I don't do it first time? This is for me what I want to tell people about mental health is just information. Can you imagine a dad? I use fertility all the time as an example because I know someone who broke down when I showed him it and I didn't even know that he had to go through six rounds of IVF and he said, what you're creating is what I needed because the doctors are great, but to be able to go somewhere and maybe ask a dad mm. who knows at the time, don't want to yeah. talk about it, about how did you feel? Did you struggle? Like, how did you support? Did you ever break down? Did you ever think it wasn't going to happen? So it gives me goosebumps, right? Because Yeah, well, I'm totally in again <laughs> already, Danny, because when I went on to it, and so for those listening, you see a video of someone waiting in a chair, this Hogwarts thing, and they're sort of waiting for you. And you, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is like playing video at me. And to the right-hand side, you have all of these questions. The questions are already there. And you almost can scroll down and you click on the question and they come to life and they tell you the answer to that question. And I can imagine, you know, and this is, again, when you're building a business, you're thinking about things. And I have never seen anything like it, Danny, because I wasn't bombarded with words. I wasn't there going to read an article, long article about it. I was consuming in a way that felt very natural because, as you know, we've been watching whatever series on Netflix and we've been mm -hmm. posting on Instagram and we've been doing our bloody stories and the TikTok and this. And as you said, this just felt very, very natural. And it could be something that you... It's for anybody to do at any point in time and the information comes to life for you. And I just think it's incredible. And when you think about the NHS's mental health care and the waiting list, when I looked at it recently, it's 1.6 million people long. That's the waiting list with another 1.5 million people in contact to try and get on the waiting list. And something had to be done. Do you think that this is going to be the way business moves forward? You know, you're, you're using a combination of AI as a medium. You're using tech to revolutionize mental health. There's 50,000 interactive questions, over 50 topics, all this sort of stuff. Do you think that that's the way business is going to go? What do you see in the future of this company? Just quickly on the wait times, right? So body dysmorphia. I'll show you really quickly how this all came about. The idea before I actually made a start, I had a girl reach out to me on Instagram saying, can we have a chat when I was a wall paint? Boyfriend's just told me he's got body dysmorphia. I've been with him two years. I didn't know. Can we have a call? So I was having calls at night with all sorts of people to try and help them, right? Mums, I had mum with a boy who was losing his hair, bless him, one with confidence, like the... And they were on the call with me. And he is where I was at 28. He couldn't even look at me, couldn't breathe. She sat in front of him, he's behind. And she went, I don't get it. Our team looks great all the time. And I went, look, for me, it'll be the worst thing. And he's behind nodding his head, right? So he sort of dawned on me mm. that all they're doing is asking me questions again so much. He'd gone to his local GP and he's literally almost suicidal. He said, you've got something called body dysmorphia. You've got to see a specialist on the NHS, 36-week lead time. And the first three sessions, right, of any of those sessions with that expert is just information given. It's not diagnosis. It's not anything. It's just telling you about what body dysmorphia is, how it works, how you can maybe deal with it. And um, in sessions, do you know what happens? You go in there before, so he's not going to have any information. He's going to be shitting himself. He's going to go to that, uh, that first um, interaction mm. with that expert. What's he going to do? Say, fuck all. Mm. And when, it, when they're talking at him, you won't, because I've had it, you take in a little bit of information. You go back, they're going to reinforce it. Go back, reinforce it. Fourth session, they'll start talking to you about you and what you're going to do. So for me, about giving those, I'm not saying just replacing therapy because it's not, like if you're in a position, that is what you probably need. But imagine being able to give people this information before they get to that crisis. Mm. We've just started what we're doing. We've just done a, there's some huge things lined up for us. Huge. Like the other thing, if you go on there, we've got sports clubs. We've got 
Wigan Warriors, right? Lean Rugby League team. We've got the outgoing captain, who's a legend in rugby league. We've got the incoming captain. We've got the female captain. We've got the disability captain. It's not talking about mental health and depression. It's talking about, do you say winning or, winning or losing home from you? What's the funniest moment in sport? What's your most moment? And then, you know, this is for me how we can, and we've got loads of other clubs. We've just done a big thing with someone. We get loads of sports clubs coming on. I want it to be social. I don't want to call it social media, but that place where people can create a page. You have to be doing something amazing, by the way, to create a page where you go there for that mental health resource. Yeah. Right. And if, if you go on there just quickly, try out the search bar and put in, go onto Google, put in what is depression, go and have a look, go in and put in what is depression in ours. You get a whole list of every person who's answered any question about depression and it will give you the top answer. What is depression? Click on it, gives you the answer. What was that like building that business? I, I'm on my second business and I, I always say that, you know, I, I wanted to go in and think, you know, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm all right on every single thing. I'm like, did I, was I actually present in the first business? Because I, I'm not able to answer the things I didn't know then. I still don't know. Tell me, has it been an easier ride the second time round? I've gone from e-commerce product based beauty to a tech platform. <laughs> So it's quite a transition. Yeah. But look, at the beginning, right, it was just... And so you know what it is? I think sometimes people... What I learned from Warpaint is that I had no fucking idea about the beauty industry. I had no idea about where to get products. And I think that was a benefit. Oh, yes. Because I think yeah. a lot of people come in from an organisation or a sector and they say, oh, I can make the perfect brand. That's not it. And same in the, so the tech space. So it's been unbelievable. But the big thing for us was... The first person I'll shout him out now, I've got Professor David Veal on the platform before I'd even built it. And he's a leading expert for BDD because I'm a patron for the BDD Foundation. They put me in touch with him. I literally Zoomed him, told him what I want to do, showed him the tech on my phone. And he was like, I'm in. I was like, and he's the leading. And then he put me in contact with Paul Gilbert, leading expert for depression. He put me in contact with Janet and they all did it for free because all of those people yeah. believe in what we're trying to do and want to change the world and help people. And they're saying... I can only see so many people. Mm. And it's the same questions I will get asked time and time again. Then we got them, then Alistair Campbell, what a legend. I got intro to him. I show it to him once and he just had his jaw on the floor. And he was like, I'm in, mate, whenever you need me. And he spoke, he, by the way, go and ask him some questions. One of his answers is 15 minutes. Wow. Uh, telling a story, right? And it's just, he's just amazing. Then David Howard. Like, anyway, it was, but it sounds easy. It was tough and then I had to raise capital because mm -hmm. yeah, how much money it's going to cost to create a tech platform like that and we're still um it's still tough like we're not there, You're not um, there. but we've got big plans a lot of big stuff I think a lot last next few months is it's massive for us but again it's nothing doing the money it's it, about it, I know and but the money is a necessity isn't it to get to your absolutely. to get to your dreams the team at Avon, there were so many things that I knew I had to share with this community. I mean, did you know that they have thousands of patents across their products, including its world-exclusive Protonol technology? Avon is committed to quality products at an accessible price point, all whilst empowering women across the globe to build businesses which empower them to grow flexibly with all the tools at their fingertips, be it through more traditional routes like the Avon brochure that you might be familiar with or online by setting you up with your own personalised online store. Avon empowers you to grow your business in your own way and on your own terms. If you'd like to learn more about Avon or doing beauty your own way by building your very own business as an Avon rep, whether that's selling online or face-to-face, -face, head over to holly.co forward slash Avon. Now, let's get back to our conversation of inspiration. If I think about what you're also building, and I'm not saying it's female or male, but I think that you have a naturally, you know, I, I'm building a business that is for everybody, but my plight is for 40 to 60 year old women and feeling less invisible and changing retail and changing the way we live and the way we feel confident to build businesses and all of those sorts of things. And I think you have this insight into men, I think. You know, I think where war paint comes and where Jack has come from. And I'm not saying it's not for women. I think it's absolutely. But I do think for 
I, you know, my whole household is my husband, my mm. my son, and the, my two dogs are bloody male as well. So I'm the only female in this house. I think they notoriously don't talk enough, don't share enough. And so I think that this is a platform where they can ask the questions and listen to the answers and potentially release and learn more. And it's something, you know, I was reading the other day about the biggest cause of death in men under 50 mm-hmm. is male suicide. Mm-hmm. And nearly it accounts for nearly three quarters of all suicides in the UK. And as a mother of an 18-year-old, you know, young man, and I'm doing my bit for women, and I was only talking to a girlfriend the other day, and I was like, someone needs to do something for men, right? Someone needs to be having their back and their mental health. What you're building, do you hope that this is going to help change these statistics? Because that is that is actually crazily, I, I didn't actually realize, you know, the biggest cause of death in men under 50. Okay, let's talk about suicide prevention. We've got a whole section on there called suicide prevention. You might not have clicked on it, but we've got five, we call them experts. We've got someone who's lost someone to suicide. We've got someone who tried to take their own life. We've got the leading professor, Rory O'Connor, in the world on there. And we've done a partnership with Campaign Against Living Miserably. So Calm is the biggest charity in the UK for suicide. They have a call centre from 5pm in the evening to 12pm at night. They have 180 call full-time call centre staff. It costs million, millions of pounds to run. And last year they had an increase of 30% calls. That doesn't scare the shit out of me. What scares the shit out of me are people not calling. Mm. The people who aren't brave enough to pick up the phone. Right, that's the tip of the iceberg. And at the moment, there isn't any resource unless you go online, you go in a rabbit warren. So what we did with Calm we filmed their leading expert called Wendy and we answered the top 100 questions asked on the call centre. And now it's on, the, it's on the main page of Calm and it's sat on Jack. And this is what Danny, this, this is, for me... This is, you, it's, I mean, why am I in tears again? This is moving me. You are, you are providing information in a way that we can absorb it in how we're used to absorbing it. And you're getting heads of call centres with the top 100 questions because she can't get to all the people. Mm-hmm. Your experts, they can't get to enough people. And this is, it's just an, a magical way of getting this information out. And supporting, right? Because it's not just if you're going through something. Like imagine, so about talking, right? I talk about this all the time. People saying you need to talk, if I can get it. You probably haven't done this, but on Jack, there's a My Jack section. Please go and check it out. If you, you can like content or like questions, you can all save to a My Jack. So imagine going around and you're thinking, okay, I'll give you an example. My best mate's son or daughter is suffering with an eating disorder, right? Imagine if they are, and your best mate comes to you and goes, God, I'm telling them, I'm telling him to eat something and he just won't. As a mate, mm. a lot of times you should mm. just listen, by the way. But how can you support someone? Imagine coming on something like Jack and going, oh, I've heard that Jack. You can go on, you can click the world leading expert, maybe click some questions, someone lived with experience, and you just go, by email mm. and it gets an invitation to chat they open it up give them some information mm. like and what will happen once you people go on to jack who don't want to talk what i want to happen they come on early they then recognize stuff with people and go oh actually i feel just like that mm. okay now he's all right or she's all right or that expert i'm now going to speak to someone yeah that because it's off your own back rather than people approaching you or you having to go and not you get the information and that's well, I think we can sit. We're not trying to replace therapy, call centres. We're just going to, you know, that 10-year wait, I just want to be the one. Instead of Googling it, we'll jack it. <laughs> I see what you've done there. It's very good. Like <laughs> it. You like it. Actually, if you put it, listen, listen, I did this, which we didn't do. because it would have. If you put J-A-A-Q-I-T, it literally looks like Google. <laughs> that wasn't what you were thinking at 1.30 at night when you couldn't work out if it actually was Jack. No, but I came up with that another time. We even put it in the brand colors, but I said we can't go we there. We can't go there. I was reading um, that you have a Jack pod in Carnaby Street. Is that right? Well, actually, we've got probably even a few things, other things. So you've got a Jack van. I've got a Jack van. I've got Holland Barrett yeah. in Oxford Street Law and in Manchester. I have Jack Hutch whole pods. And what is a Jack pod? Literally, if you go in there in Oxford Street at the back, it's like a, it's a corner of a room. It's all Jack. It's got merch on it. It's got the screen there, interactive. Uh, we've got, I've launched a Jack coffee brand. So I've got a coffee shop on Allgate, uh, Jack Coffee. So it's, an, in, it's our own coffee. It's an interactive coffee shop. Go on there. It's got hundreds of questions on the tables about mental health questions, which is really cool. The cups have QR code. Scan the QR code. It comes to life on your phone. We've got pictures all around the 
uh, CAF where you can scan the personality Campbell comes to life on your phone. Um, we've pure gym have put us in every single gym locker an image for Jack. We've done a partnership with NatWest. NatWest put us in a bank the other day and they want to roll it out into banks. It's just, I love that. You've brought... And do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? If, if this brand's everywhere quickly, this is all like, if, if and we're full of content, right? We do loads of content, make it cool and fun. So I'm a guy who suffers with mental health, but I'm a normal guy. Yeah. And that's what I want to get across. It's just, it's normal. You can have a laugh. So if we make this brand cool and people see it, oh, it's that Jack brand again. Okay, no, that Jack brand's there again. Jesus, it's on... We're just about to do some sports stuff. Wigan Warriors put on top, of, on front of their tops. You know, oh my God, like Jack's there, Jack's there, Jack there. If we become the Red Bull of mental health in a good way, yep. right? When we become the coolest brand, that's how we change mental health. Hmm. And you're going to go and reach out to schools, I, I believe, as well. Well, we, I was on another podcast, actually, um, the J, uh, that Jake Humphreys podcast. Oh, yeah. And before I went on, bizarrely, one of his teams said, that they'd spoke to schools they, because they're doing stuff in schools, amazing stuff, high performance. And before we went on there, they said, you won't believe this. Like someone called, reached out to them. They spoke to them and said, yeah, because we've been using Jack at schools and in lessons. So I was like, what? And they're like, that was before I launched a new platform. That was my old platform. Which again, I tested the market, right? We did an old platform. I was actually on the one show we launched on there, but then we went, right, I've got to do it seriously. And how much, like schools are using it. And that's what... I've got bigger missions. Imagine Jack Jr. Wow. All school content. Because then you can have, instead of telling, teaching kids with lanyards and telling them about something, you go, all right, guys, do you want to go on Jack? Go and have a look. One, which all about to go, who wants to ask a question? Oh, I do, or, I do. Yeah, or um, and, someone, go and find something that you want to research and look more into. And why don't you tell us about what you've learned from it? Absolutely. You know, it's, it is just amazing. And just, um, do you think that you're, just beginning is this is this going to be this mm -hmm. is it is it for you it's i can't wait to go to bed today to get up every day <laughs> and that's gonna make me what is it about you you're making privileged. me cry the entire time i think you're just saying things but I, it's true yeah. right it's true i just it's about and this is what i mean i just I can't tell you like this is it's not work and like because i know what this could do right now I, I just analogize it for you if someone offered me now a piece of paper to sign it and say this will become a billion pound business, billion, but you'll make no money out of it, I would sign it in a heartbeat because if it's a billion pound business or whatever, mm -hmm. it's probably changed a billion lives. Or do you know what I mean? And that mm -hmm. for me is what I want my kids to, to do and remember because the feeling you get when people message you and you've helped them, mm -hmm. doesn't matter how many fucking units you sell of anything. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me... Um... I always use the analogy that building a business, now your second business, that it is like an epic roller coaster, isn't it? And uh, there's there's potentially a few more lows than there are highs. But if you had to start with a low, what would it be? Definitely when we went viral and what we talked about, because it was going so well for three months. And then overnight, I, I, was, at, I was at my sister's birthday at dinner when the girl called, worked for me, called me. And I was like, she's going viral. I was like, what? And then... The feeling I had at that dinner, I never want to experience that again. Because, you know, your family's like, it'll be all right. I'm like, you don't understand yeah. what's going on. So that that was really tough. How funny, though, now I'll go back and amplify the fuck out of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They were asking me for interviews and I was like, no, no, I'm not going to say nothing. Now you're like, but now I'll, I'd rather go, I'll be straight on CNN. I'll do the interview. Talk to me about it. And conversely... I think, honestly, Danny, you're going to have so many highs. I promise you that. Tell me so far, what's the greatest high? Sat here right this second. Right this second. Because I don't want to have to have one moment. There's been a lot, right? But there's, it's been hard, hard. The first, look, it sounds rosy. I'm telling you, the first few years of Warpaint, the first year and a half of this was seriously the hardest thing I've ever done. At this point in my life, I've got an amazing family life. I can't wait to go to bed to go to work. And I cannot, this right, this second is my high because I can't tell you. I just, I'm so fortunate. I'm in top 1%, mm. top 1% of having that feeling. And that's nothing to do with money. It's just that I love what I do every day. So this is my high right this second. Mm. Well, what a unique human you are, Danny. Um, I'm going to ask you if you would read a letter to your younger self. And I don't know what you're going to say. Suffice to say, potentially, 
um, it uh, is going to be emotional. And I um, thank you so much for your time today, Danny. And um, yeah, it's been a privilege. Thank you. Well, you probably notice I don't do things normally. So yes, last night I was trying to write a letter and because I struggle, I struggle writing an email. So I would actually voice note myself. Yeah. Okay, here we and go. Be one simple thing. And it'll just be, it'll be all right. That's it. That's it. Because with everything in my business, mental health, it's always based on the unknown and the future. A lot of the time in mental health, 99% of it, the unknown or thinking you're not going to get out of it like I did with my mental health, I'm not going to get better. There's no way, you know, getting bullied. There's no way I'll get back from this business when you can't raise money. And there's no way we're going to get through this just to me to go back to say, you'll be, it'll be all right. Change everything. I'm going to cry a lot. <laughs> because I haven't really said that because I always say I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't, ch- do you know what I mean? Give myself advice. I wouldn't want to change because I believe I've meant to go through everything because it's been hard, but mm. it's like just to sell to yourself, it'll be all right. When you know those moments and then your future self could have said to yourself, you'll be all right. Like, Yeah. Well, I'm just going to wish you everything. If you want a friend in me, I'm your friend. And, um, you know, anything I can do to help you with your business. And um, Come on, Jack. I'll come on, Jack. Thank you very much for the invite. I'm honoured to accept it. And um, I think what you're doing is the future. And I think um, there's no one better than you to do it, Danny. And I believe in you. So thank you very much for your time today and congratulations on everything you have built and you will build. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, if it's helped you along your journey or inspired you, would you mind rating and reviewing? Your support means the world to me. It really does spread the word and will help inspire even more people to build a life they love. And if you want to hear all our latest news, you can sign up to my weekly newsletter, Holly's Desk Notes, over at holly.co.